0: Um, well, me and Ben—we don't normally have arguments like that, right in front of the family, like that. But you know, <laughs> I, <laughs> right, right, exactly. <inside. laughs> Come on, man, <laughs> embarrassing me in front of my friends. Um, so we're digging in here to 1 Corinthians six, and we're getting into some sections that, quite honestly, you very well may have never heard preached from before. Okay. And um, I want us to really dig in and to focus on this, okay, because, man, there's some of the deepest, richest teachings uh, that Paul is going to be talking about, and I think they speak to us so deeply here. And so, again, last week we talked about lawsuits, right, and and just relationships in the church. And one of the things that hopefully is just a reminder um, to all of us, right, Paul is writing... To Corinthian Christians. That's really important, okay, number one. But number two is sometimes we can give the Corinthian church, we can kind of be a little bit rough on them. We can kind of look, man, look how messed up they are, all right? Now, but let's remember also that as Jesus is talking here and he gives us this great commission, he says, Go make disciples, baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and teach them to observe everything I've commanded. Okay, that's an ongoing process. Right. So but so let's what I'm trying to do is get our minds in a place where instead of us feeling like, man, they're so messed up is no. Here's the deal is Paul, who's who planted the church, who's an apostle, is still teaching them like, let me teach you how to obey everything that Jesus has commanded. And so sometimes it's very easy for us to feel like we've kind of risen above that. Okay. Instead of like having this level of humility to go, you want to know what there are often times that we are going to get things wrong. There are times in so more than anything, I hope we can learn from the Corinthians, but also maybe have some empathy for our brothers and sisters in Corinth. Okay, Um, as well as really hearing this message and modeling even how Paul is doing this. Right? Um, You know, this is really. Man, we, we all could kind of like gather together under this banner, okay? And, and this spiritual immaturity and, and pride, man, they, they, there's a devastating effect that comes with that, right? And, and maturity comes with experience and time, right? You can't really rush that. I know we want to know everything immediately, Um, And it's not going to be the case because we carry a lot of baggage with us into this relationship with Jesus. We carry things in that have to be refined off. Okay, But one of the things that I think we can pay really close attention to is how much humility we're approaching Jesus with. Okay, Because there's a difference between, man, we need to mature for sure. And I hope we're hearing these messages out of Corinthians. But at the same time, putting ourselves in a posture of humility go man I really want to learn and and you want to know what um, if our brothers and sisters from Corinth were around us you want to know what we would love them and they would love us and and you want to know what we have junk too and so that's just kind of putting us in that place um, so that we can again learn from the church here all right this is where renewal is coming from so we're going to be reading here in verse 12 and we're going to read all the way through the end of the chapter here Um, so let's go ahead and get started Um, My Bible version that I'm reading from is the Christian Standard Bible. I just say that because you may be reading out of different ones. If you have your phone, you can switch over or whatever. But just to let you know, that's where I'm at this morning. So verse 12, Paul writes this. Everything is permissible for me, but not everything is helpful. Everything is permissible for me, but I will not be brought under the control of anything. Food for the stomach and the stomach for food. But God will do away with both of them. The body is not for sexual immorality, but for the Lord and the Lord for the body. God raised up the Lord and will also raise us up by his power. Don't you know that your bodies are a part of Christ's body? So should I take part? Should I take a part of Christ's body and make it part of a prostitute? Absolutely not. Don't you know that anyone joined to a prostitute is one body with her? For scripture says the two will become one flesh, but anyone joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. Run from sexual immorality. Every sin a person can commit is outside the body. On the contrary, the person who is sexually immoral sins against his own body. Don't you know that your body is a sanctuary of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you were bought at a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body. All right, that, that's, that's fairly hard hitting right there. And again, putting ourselves originally in their place, because we're going, oh man, he's just talking about prostitution and all of these things. Really, this word he's using, it's, it's, it is a broader word, okay? It's not just like people like purchasing prostitutes, but for them specifically at this time, There were prostitutes, there were temple prostitutes that were coming in. And that was a completely normal part of society. And that's probably something very difficult for us to comprehend, okay? But it was a part of actually worship, okay? And so you would have the temple prostitutes come down, and there would be kind of this offering given, and then there would be like this sexual relationship go on, okay? And this was with married and single men and women, okay? So just that's a difficult thing to wrap our minds around. Is, is that idea of that being a normal part of a society where it wasn't really kind of a strange thing, all right? But at the same time, he's also talking about the, a greater, a, a kind of a greater sexual immorality, not just a, a pain kind of prostitution relationship here. So, so I just want to say that just because sometimes it's really easy to go, oh man, I, I, I would never, i never even seen a prostitute before. It's, it's, let's like bring ourselves to a place where we, kind of, it, this will come into our world here, all right, um, so little grammar uh, lesson right here, okay, the, the verse 12, so for me, I would read that, a long time ago, I would read that and go, this is my favorite verse, <laughs> everything is permissible, <laughs> I love it already, <laughs> everything is permissible, all right, I didn't do that well in grammar, all right, and, and then you look at it and go, oh, hold on a minute, there's quotation marks, yeah, yeah yeah. see paul's not saying this All right, th- that's very important that we keep that in mind paul is repeating what is essentially been kind of talked about amongst the corinthian church everything's permissible that was kind of some of the things he heard he's quoting them right and you may think well that's weird where'd they get that from where are, are they that far off of the gospel that they well no because here's the deal Liz, is 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 when you're teaching about grace and you're teaching about justification, and you're teaching about freedom, isn't it fairly simple to take it a little too far? Especially if you're immature and you're young and you're learning about these things, right? If you look back at Paul's letters, particularly Colossians 3, he says, he says, man, I, I will not be taken, like don't judge me on anything, on any like uh, religious festival, like all of these things. And so it's not a super far Fetched idea here that the corinthians would have heard a teaching from paul and taken it too far okay so that's something that's really kind of important and, and here's just a, a principle that hopefully we remember is some explanation clarification and teaching are required on an ongoing basis okay so paul was paul the apostle needed to clarify teaching at times i, I know sometimes we oftentimes think man i want to get it perfectly the first time and man we are works in progress we are being refined and sometimes we hear things and we may take it too far okay and here they're saying man, everything is permissible a- a- and paul is going hold on a minute let's let's pump the brakes right here but is everything helpful or your version may say is there is everything or is it beneficial and then he quotes them again everything is permissible but i won't be brought under the control of anything And then you see their logic that he's here. What they're saying is, well, food for the stomach and the stomach for food. You see the logic here? They're going, well, you have a belly. Well, what do you put in your belly? You put food in it. Well, what's food for? The stomach and the stomach's for food. And then they're they're extrapolating that. They're taking that out and going, well, clearly you take the body and the body and you take the sexual relationship. And that's what the body was built for. All right. And so there was in the Corinthian culture, there was a very low view of just the physical body. There was this idea of discipleship as something that was in your head, in your heart, but they were still like very carnal, very worldly, okay? And so they had this logic, and he's, again, like watch the quotation marks here, and keep in mind what he says as he goes through here. He said, God will do away with both of them. The body is not for sexual morality, but for the Lord, and the Lord for the body, okay? Let's take a second to look at this, okay? First of all, we just... Knock that out there. Food for the stomach, the stomach for food. So this is important. Okay. Here's Paul's tactic. Right. He quotes them. Everything is permissible. And he says, but is everything helpful? All right. Do you understand what Paul is doing? It's this idea of him going, no, stop doing that versus no, no, no. Let me help you think differently about this right because that, that's the thing or or discipleship becomes like behavior modification right and just just do it do it do it now here's the thing about it is is, is a lot of times we embrace that like yes Christianity isn't behavior modification so I'm justified in not repenting no 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 no, no. believe me that r- repentance will be fuller richer and real as our mind changes but that never justifies us staying in a sin all right. We can't use the we can't use that excuse. Well, no, no. Christianity is not behavior modification. No, 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 no. Repent. All right? That's really important. But keep in mind, because I think this is something me and you need to model here is this idea of he's going, man, I hear you guys saying this. But is it helpful? OK, now here's the interesting thing. OK, and, and here's the question is, you know, it starts kind of our minds thinking through this. Is it is it helpful? OK, here's the word. That he uses and what the word is 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 when when things come together in a way that's beneficial and brings advancement so he has them thinking he's like is what you're doing with the temple prostitutes is what you're doing in your life and remember it's not just the temple prostitutes remember in chapter 5 he had already discussed some sexual morality that was going on among families right? Is this helpful? Is this beneficial? Is this coming together and advancing, remember, God's kingdom? Everything is in the, in the vein, in the view of God's kingdom. And he's saying, is what you're doing helpful, beneficial? Is it advancing the kingdom of God in any way? All right. So again, what do we do with that? I think it like our thinking to be adjusted, because this can be taken outside of just this specific context of temple prostitution and these things, but it's that idea of: Am I thinking that way about the decisions that I make? Are, are, are we thinking that way? And you go, man, that, that seems like like pretty radical. It is like the Paul's entire worldview and what he's trying to get me and you to do is to see everything through the view of the kingdom of God, right? And so again, he's working with the Corinthians here, and he's saying, "Is it helpful?" Right? He said. I won't be mastered by anything. All right, so That's something to kind of stop and think about, okay? But there's, I'm, I'm going to tell you this. There's a, there's a tad bit of a more specific way of looking at this than we oftentimes do, okay? This idea of am I mastered by something, this word is to have authority over, but it's very specific, okay? When Ben preaches in two weeks, <laughs> <laughs> okay, this word's going to come up again. And it's going to come up again in the relationship, in the marriage relationship of of man and wife. okay. and it's this idea of you can look ahead at verse four if you want. But it's this idea of in a married relationship, a man and a wife have yielded authority to one another over their body. And this is the word he's using here. He's like, I won't yield that authority over to anyone outside. That won't be yielded. I know sometimes we are like, man, I'm not going to be mastered by anything. So I'm not going to play video games or I'm not going to. But that's not what they're talking about here. All right. He's saying, I won't put myself in a situation that is only reserved for a marriage between a man and a woman. I won't be ma- I won't come under that authority with anyone. All right. And so, again, we're hearing. Hopefully we're hearing what the Corinthians are hearing. All right. That, that's important. I know it gets kind of clunky when we're going from English to Greek and all of that kind of stuff. <laughs> this, this bless you. Goodness. <laughs> so this is where it starts to get. To, this is where we need to hunker down right here. OK, because this is where our world starts kind of making uh, this is, gets gray. Because what they're saying is, is like, no, this is the body is for sexual relations and vice versa, and all these. And Paul specifically says right here, okay, the body is not for sexual morality. The body is not mine and your body. I'm talking about our physical body. All right, We're, we need to. This is what's so important about this is we need to think differently about our bodies. Okay. And here's what I'm not saying. I'm not talking about physical fitness. I'm not talking about diets. I'm not talking about those things. I'm talking about the body that me and you have right here. Okay. And first and foremost, the question to ask yourself is do you believe this? Right? That will be shown by our actions. It really will. Okay. And here's where we're if in my mind I'm still thinking worldly, I'm gonna go, no, sexual immorality doesn't hurt anybody else usually. Like, I I, can't. Who does it hurt when I'm when I struggle with sexual morality? And and believe me, I have struggled with that. You know, when I struggle with that, you know what the problem is? It's not it's not stopping my behavior. The problem is, is I'm disagreeing with God. I'm telling God, like, no, my body isn't. No, no, no. My body is what I want my body to do. All right. And me and God, whenever we're in disagreement with God on something, we're going to struggle with sin. All right. So it's not enough to just go, man, I'm going to do my hardest. I'm going to do my best to not sin sexually in whatever that looks like. Right. I mean, we have a plethora of ways to go in our world. Mm -hmm. But here's the deal is, is can we get on the same page? Because here's the deal. Once we get on the same page and we change our thinking, remember repentance means changing the way we think, like that our mind is thinking in a different way. So part of this is Paul saying, listen, let me get you to think differently about your body and about the sexual relationship. Let me get you to think completely different about that, because the body is not meant for sexual immorality. Here's the crazy thing is he says the body is for the Lord. Lord. Right. This is a word. This is a crazy word, because in our kind of casual culture, the term sacred has almost lost its meaning completely. But the body is for the Lord. Your body that you're in is sacred. Do you know, do you realize, and and, and, hey, months down the road when we're in 1 Corinthians 15, Paul's going to talk about this again, about our body that we'll have in the resurrection. Okay, we're not going to be ghosts. We're, we're embodied. Listen, we need bodies, okay? And, and, and a lot of times we think, oh, we're just going to go to heaven and we're going to be like these transparent beings like ghosts floating around with harps and all these things. Like, no, no, no. Actually, he says it's going to be so much better because this sacred body we have here is going to wear out. And in 1 Corinthians 15, he says we're going to have a new body and it's going to be like this glorious thing that doesn't wear out ever. Can you imagine your body never wearing out? never getting tired, never, ever, okay? And the illustration he uses is he says it's actually our bodies here are still the same kind, but he says it's kind of like when you plant an acorn, what grows from that? A big old oak tree, right? And, and, but when you look at an acorn, it doesn't look anything like an oak tree, right? He's saying that's like your bodies here, all right? They're going but to, the, but the new body is going to be like this, glorious body so does that ch- hopefully that changes the way even you think of eternity because we won't be right we're, we're not we're not going to be ghosts we're not going to be spirits we're not going to be you know angels we're not going to be <laughs> these things we're going to have bodies Amen. all right because here's the deal is the body is sacred if, if we don't agree with that we're going to have a hard time If we don't agree that my body and your body that God created is sacred, it's going to be really, really difficult. It started out from the first, like everything happening right at the beginning. So God created man in his own image. God could have created us with anything he wanted. Like he could have packaged us in any way. He said, we're going to create him in our own image. In the image of God, he created them male and female. Right. This was specific. It wasn't God wasn't like, hey, let me just roll the dice and see what happens. It was a model from the beginning. And this was before sin entered the world. All right. So we can't go. Oh, he made the body because, you know, where is that? Because of sin. No, no, no. The original the original like version is exactly what God wanted. And here's the thing, big picture right here, when it comes to discipleship, this is what Jesus is trying to do with all of us, is to restore us back to this. That's the point, all right, is to restore us back to this, this idea of the sacred body. And here's the interesting thing, we start viewing things different. Don't you love that part in Genesis where it's like they just had no shame? Like they walked around, they weren't embarrassed, they weren't anything, because it was just this, this level of purity and this level of sacredness and this connection with God, Okay. This is what we're being restored to. We're not being restored to just behave better. We're being restored. See, when the world sees this, this is vastly different. Okay? Because there are groups that behave well. This is different when a group of people are being restored back to this originality. Okay? And here's the interesting thing. This is 1 Peter 2. When we're thinking about the body, my body and your body, people's bodies being sacred He said, You're a chosen people, a royal. I know we read this and we think, man, this is really neat, but this is sacred. Okay? The priesthood wasn't. Okay? When you read in the Old Testament about the priesthood, you, you know, priests died for being unholy, for not following God's ways. There was holiness that came with being a priest there was a sacred purpose for a priest a holy nation a people hopefully our ears begin to hear that rather than okay here's what can happen oftentimes we want this to make us feel better about ourselves like i want my my spiritual self-esteem to rise so let's read first peter two that's not the purpose of first peter two it's to remind us, hold on a minute, there is something sacred we are a part of. All right, and, and, and we have to, and I know it's, it, man, we live in a casual society. It's, it's tough to wrap our minds around it, but this is repentance for us. This is Paul taking everyone through this idea of repentance. Is this idea of, man, the body is And he's being very specific here. And here's the crazy thing is, I think it's getting past us. The, the battle in our world right now is how we're going to view the body and sex. Yep. And you want to know what? Here's the deal. We are unwittingly, I think, falling for the world. We, we are. Listen, here's the deal is we don't view the body as sacred. <laughs> so here's who suffers. Really, everyone suffers because we're all trying to like gain some kind of like thing about like our body image or how we're seen in our body by other people and who really honestly suffers is our daughters and our wives because there's a message that continually gets told is you're only worth what you look like and what i can take from you okay that's not sacred understand that is the language of sexual morality. I want you for one reason, so I can take something from you for me. Do you see how opposite that is from Jesus? Okay, that's where repentance has to come in. If it's just like, oh man, I'm going to confess it and feel better about myself and continue to disagree with God, instead of going, hold on a minute. If our bodies are sacred and God created everyone in his image, if that's accurate, I can't any longer look at somebody from what I can take from them. In fact, I have to respect their sacredness. All right, You see how everything changes? But this is the battle. The battle is, is, you know, you should be able to have sex whenever and wherever you want. That's the battle. Let's make it more and more casual, less and less sacred. Let's make the body less and less sacred. Let's appreciate. right. And, and here's, the, here's the thing, man. It's just, it's one of those things where where we're buying into what the world is like selling us. And we're buying into this idea of, man, if I don't look a certain way, I don't feel right. If I don't look a certain way or have a certain style or have something, I just don't feel right. And there's something that Paul is developing here. He's saying, actually, the only thing that matters is God in you and God in us. That's all that matters. Listen, there will never be a time, and I think most adults in here have figured it out and i think hopefully some of the younger students do figure out is you'll never get to a place where the world will accept you and you'll just feel good in your own skin based on the world's rules you'll never reach it okay it will never happen you will never get enough likes you will never get enough hearts on instagram you will never get enough okay because there's always going to be something wrong and you're going to be chasing it all along when god is going hold on a minute I'm in you. You're sacred. Stop following the world. Stop trying to get like all of your redemption and your value from sexuality and all of these things. But this is what everything tends to center around. So when you watch television shows, when you watch advertisements, when you watch movies, when you listen to songs, when you listen for these themes, they're in there and they're indoctrinating us into how to think about the body and how to think about sexuality. All right. And, and believe me, that works. Actually, when you hear something over and over and over and over again, it doesn't matter what self-control you have. Your brain is going to change. It doesn't matter. All right. And so it's this idea of going, no, I can watch this and it won't affect me. I can listen to this and it won't affect me. I can hear this and it won't affect me. It's actually a lie that the world is telling you. OK. And so it's that idea of man. We have to just get very real about this section, I think. Okay, because because here this is where, quite honestly, th- this can be a, a place where the church is seen as just vastly different than the world. Not just behaving better, but treating sacred things with sacredness. Okay. Paul, if you notice this here, he he goes down. He says the you know if you if you follow his the body is not for sexual morality in verse 13 but for the lord the lord for the body verse 15 he says don't you know your bodies are a part of christ's body you see let's get more sacred okay let's get let's get another step he's and again understand something he's talking to people who have made jesus lord okay He's talking, and I think we have to be like really careful about that because I think what's very easy to do is like we can get on our Christian high horse and talk about the world, okay? And we've already heard from Paul on that, right? Don't worry about the world, right? Worry about you, right? Think about how you're living, like encourage one another. Repent in your community, right? But let's not get on that like Christian high horse about times and places when people who haven't made the decision to make jesus lord okay but he says here's the deal if you did that your body is a part of christ's body i want you to think about that our king jesus himself all right Did you realize that when you made Jesus Lord, that you, you're going, but Keith, what does that look like? Where's the PowerPoint for that one, man? I mean, what's that picture look like? There is nothing. We can't even fathom what that looks like, except this is truth. Is that right now? So the the level of like, how sacred is this is rising. Does it change how me and you will view sin when this is what's coursing through our heart? okay, I can, I can kind of fool myself a little bit and talk myself out of just my body being sacred, okay? And then when you add the next layer on, that, man, my body is a part of Christ's body, which is, which is Christ's body, okay? We start thinking about that and going, oh, man, you mean, like, how do you, how do you take parts away from your body? So my body is a part of it, so that means that, What you and I are doing are affecting every one of us. And and it's strange because the first analogy that will go through your mind is like, well, if I, you know, like if I have a problem with my toe, it doesn't hurt my ear. Here's the deal is, man, your body's systems are being affected. Okay. I mean, you keep digging deeper into your body. Okay. There is nothing that isn't affected in your body by everything else. Okay. Things are thrown off. So here's the deal is... It's this level of sacredness and then going, man, I'm a part of Christ's body. And I look around at my brothers and sisters and I'm going, you mean how I live is actually affecting them? How? I don't know, but it's happening. That, that's pretty heavy. Yeah. Okay, And then he adds on to it as you go down to verse 19. Don't you know that your body is a sanctuary of the Holy Spirit? Spirit all right it's just he just layered that so well right it's it's it, every excuse gets taken away man, this is sacred. Are we believing in these things as being sacred, or is it this idea of we we fight the battles of the world instead of going, hold on a minute man is is this is sacred if if the Holy Spirit lives inside of us can you imagine how powerful? I mean that is so intense, right? Cuz again, you don't maybe you don't like the Old Testament. I don't know. I like the Old Testament, but the Old Testament gives us like a physical representation of a spiritual reality of today. And when you talk about the temple and you talk about the Holy Spirit filling the temple and how perfect the I mean it's just amazing. But again, can you think how life would change, how your decisions would change, how our, mine and your relationships change when our view of our body, Christ's body and the Holy Spirit is this. Can you imagine the difference? It would make a huge difference, okay? Unless again, unless me and you don't agree with this. Unless we agree the body's just the body. So what? What? no big deal i mean you have total freedom over your body you do whatever you want with your body except here's the deal is as paul is saying actually not actually you're a part of a body and you're a sacred part of that body and you're filled with the holy spirit in that body right that that right there encapsulates really what the what a church should be okay It it really is, man. It isn't just, you know, I I know, again, we kind of over-casualize things. Man, I just want to like, you know, let's just hang out, be organic, and do cool things, and adventure, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, man, that's being a great church everybody wants. No, 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 actually, it's not being a church. That's just being like a group. Okay, it's what's sacred, and that we agree it's sacred. Here's the interesting thing about this argument is when we have a proper view and we have a sacred view of sex, here's the deal is, and, and this is what hopefully is heard, I, I, regardless of what season in life you are, is the sexual relationship is, is not bad. In fact, it's good. It should be celebrated. All right. It's not embarrassing. It's not humiliating. All right? This is what I, I you, you young folks here. If you're not married, this is good. Okay. This is really, really good. But also, Paul is going to weave together this argument here where he's going, but it is super powerful. Super powerful. And I think that's one of the things. When we lose the sacredness, we forget about the power. We forget about the power of the Holy Spirit. We forget the power of the sexual relationship. All right? There There was a reason for that. And what an amazingly good thing. But here's the deal is when we get on the same page with God... You know what? Here's what ends up happening. We treat each other with dignity and respect. I, I know sometimes it's easy to get a deep conviction about something in the Bible and feel like now you're going to be the police officer and you're going to like yell people down on things and all that. And here's the deal. Can you have a deep conviction and, to, and still treat people with dignity and respect? Can you still look at people and, and regardless of, of agreement to agree that, everyone was created in God's image and that their body is sacred. Also that requires a level of respect and dignity. All right. And it might not, again, I'm not saying that, well, everybody has the Holy spirit and everybody's, I'm not saying that, but I'm saying that there's not a single person we'll ever meet that God is like, how'd that person get there? <laughs> Where'd they come from? I never knew that. Oh my goodness. No, 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 no. It's this idea. So again, as we become more and more casual, the level of dignity for people drops, the level of respect drops. And I, I kind of feel like that's exactly what we do today. Right? We, we either take politics or we take something and we use them as licenses to just treat people disrespectfully and without yeah. dignity. Yeah. Okay? But when we start thinking about things in sacred ways, now here's the deal. We can have hard conversations that are done very respectfully. Yeah. And they don't have to be watered down. Yeah. All right? That's what's, so, that's what's so great about this. That's what's so different about how the world deals with conflict versus the church right is this idea of going man i don't have to water anything down and i can treat everybody with respect and i can treat you with dignity and i can treat you as you are created in the image of god and we can have a deep conversation about biblical convictions right? and so you see this picture he's painting here it goes beyond a lot of times we read this and we're like oh man okay this is what we're going to preach about just you know and it's a whole list of like sexual immorality that you just get super guilted out about and then everybody leaves miserable, okay? Yeah. He's talking about something so much more challenging than this, okay? And he says, here, here's, here's the great thing. We go on down, verse 18, run, okay? Now here's the deal. He doesn't say endure, okay? He doesn't say persevere. That's right. He doesn't say just hang on, OK, I don't know. I think this is kind of an accepted thing. I don't know about the ladies. I know with the guys it's kind of accepted. Like, man, you're always going to struggle with sexual sin. Not if you're a Christian, you're not Come on. like for real. We have like made the Holy Spirit completely like <laughs> like a side note, you know, go. No, no. No, you don't understand. We'll always. No, not if the spirit puts to death the misdeeds of the body. If That's true. I agree with that. I don't agree. Okay, And that doesn't mean that, man, there won't be times when there's a temptation here and there. But you want to know what? That's very different than oftentimes how I, I hear and have used this. So let me just share with you kind of some of my things I've used. Okay, Is this idea of, of let me go and confess, you know, whatever it is, sexual morality, sexual sin, and go, man, I, I'm really convicted by this. But I'm, bro, I'm struggling and you want to know what, then the brother says, well, man, you're so humble. I, th- this is how it goes. You're so humble, man. I really appreciate your heart. You're going to be awesome. That's the last thing you should say. Okay? Like, we're so desperate to get in there and not have a hard conversation and going, hold on a minute, you're, you're struggling with sexual morality? Like, like yeah, you, or, or, or we say things like, man, you know, I've gone a whole month without sexual morality. Really? Hold my, that's great. I mean, the Holy Spirit's awesome, right? 30 days. And we end up just, man, we, 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 we just accept these things and then we call each other humble, <laughs> right? And we call it, and it's so crazy. Instead of going, hold on a minute, you're struggling with that? You know, Paul had discussed a couple of chapters earlier how to deal with that struggle, right? He's like, here, let me tell you, in your sacred body, that has the Holy Spirit. That's a part of our body right here, bro, Let me help you think differently about that, or we can't have fellowship, right? You remember him saying that earlier? Going, oh man, that was chapter five, though. That doesn't count for chapter six. No, no, no. I've already told you. Is when was the last time that talk was had when it was about sexual morality rather than, bro? You got to know God loves you, man, and God. Yes, absolutely. But what the problem isn't God right the problem when i'm in sin is i don't agree with god i agree with my own way right so here's what i'm really going to encourage us to do man is when we're talking to one another ladies brothers whoever and there is this i this comes up right is here's the deal that's great be humble all right but let's be real too okay let's not just jump in and go hold on a minute we should not struggle with this It just shouldn't happen. And and that's the standard we should have because we have the Holy Spirit inside of us. So let's, so I don't know about the ladies. Guys, here's what I'm going to tell you stop telling people you struggle with things. Okay? Is get your mind right with God, okay? But it's not okay. Oh, man, I've been in this. I need a purity group to get me out of this for 10 years. I'm like, really? So you need a group that has more power than the Bible and the Holy Spirit? Like, I can't just go to a brother and go, hey, help me. I gotta have like an organized group. Come on, man! Like we could, we really do run from it. <laughs> okay, run, that means run away from it. Right. He said, "Here's the deal: every sin isn't the same. Yeah. It's not, but we say that yeah. uh, every sin's the same. No, it's not." He says <laughs> right here: every sin a person can commit is outside the body. On the contrary, the person who sins sexually, is, who is sexually immoral sins against his own body, okay? So again, he's going, okay, I'm just like, let me reveal kind of like all of those thoughts when I've heard this and studied this, and I'm like, oh, okay, well, it's just sin against me. That's cool. You know, I can deal with that. No, no, no. I, he's just described the sacredness of the temple, the sacredness of the creation of the body, the sacredness of our interconnectivity. And he's saying, actually, sexual morality right? And remember that word, very blanketed word of any sex outside of marriage between a man and a woman. See, what that does is it's a full frontal assault against your own sacred body, all right? So again, if we're Old Testament, here's the deal. Think about we're in the Old Testament. If you went up and tried to desecrate the most holy place in the temple, you would be killed, all right? If we, we read that and we're like you know we read that in the old testament we're like yeah man you don't go up against the temple you don't go in and defame the temple you don't go into the most holy place all right that's sacred and paul is saying right here you want to know what when me and you are engaged in this it is a full frontal attack on on the body on our body he says it's actually different than other sins Thanks for joining us. If you'd like to learn more about us or have any questions, please visit ClemsonFoothills.com. You can also text Foothills to 9400 to stay up to date on everything going on here at CFC.